Welcome back to our Halloween episode of the Original Doll Podcast. I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton. I hope you enjoyed the previous episode talking to Frankie Storm. In this episode, I revisit my time with Maya Marie and Casey Livingston, and we have new content that is in here. Uh, So for those who are like, wait, did I hear this part before? Yes, there's a couple expanded parts, but... Uh, when we start talking about Vertigo, Pulse, Break the Circle, Venom, all that, that is all towards the um, end of the episode. So thank you all so much. I want to give a shout out to my patrons on Patreon, Rochelle, Peter, Max, Luke, Lynn, uh, Rob, Jason, uh, Tommy, Jenny, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, and Tyler. And yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and get started on this where we revisit part of Maya Marie talking about Scary And then we continue with Casey Livingston. This is James Rodriguez, and this is the Original Doll Podcast, where I unpackage music with the people who created it. And it's philanthropic, it's charitable. So every time a guest answers a question, we get items donated to charity. There's going to be a couple posts coming up over Halloween weekend where we talk about all of these great things that we've been able to do for people in need. So be sure to check that out, Instagram, the.original.doll and patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the original doll for as little as a dollar a month you can be supporting us getting shout outs and all sorts of other fun stuff all right once again this is james rodriguez horton and this is the original doll podcast the original everyone i would like to welcome back welcome back to the original doll podcast superstar gay icon recording artist <laughs> maya marie maya thank you so much for coming back to the original doll podcast thank you for having me again happy to be here <laughs> i love it i love it and we're talking about the song scary which was on britney spears's femme fatale album with uh, which was written by cassia livingston um yes my favorite woman ever and you've worked with her previously correct um well that was actually my first I think that was my first and I didn't work with her then she wasn't there at the session when I did background vocals on scary but um I like worked with her after that nice on your own project or yeah on my own project I think it was after that gosh I don't even know what time it is but um yes she worked with us for my crazy girlfriend the band that I was in on Capitol Records she actually did our first single with us so she's awesome nice she's she's been such a delight to interview um because she's very she's just genuinely happy and she's cool yeah very cool And so I look at it and I think, you know, she talked to us about the origin of Scary, where it was a track that Fraser, who I call Mr. Smith, because I always mess up the first name uh, with a Z. So I just say Mr. Smith um, and how the song came to be. And I know previously when you were on our podcast before, I'd asked you like, you know, as a background vocalist, which song has been the most difficult to kind of get into in the suit? Because I think what I've liked is the listeners of the podcast have said, whoa, I just assumed the background vocalist would have weeks to work on this song. Not sometimes you're- Oh no, you show up and you do it then. 
you don't get sent, you don't get sent the song or anything. I think the only song I got sent before um, was Passenger. And that was like a fluke. Like they, especially when it comes like Britney stuff, like they don't like things floating around and you usually just literally show up and they play it for you a couple of times and that's it. <laughs> well, and the thing is, and I think, you know, the listeners might not realize is that you have a very, very good talented ear. Like you understand chords, keys, things like that, which some people can't pick up quickly. So you're efficient in, in what you do in the process that you do. And when I've spoken to songwriters and producers, that's something that's been a given that like you get music that somebody doesn't have to teach you. Here's the piano, hit this note, then that it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I like even know, um, oh, this is the C or this is a G, whatever. It's not, it's really weird. Like I definitely don't know technical things like that. Um, but there is something, I guess, that I started noticing, even when I was a kid, like one of the things I would notice listening to music was like the backgrounds. I always thought backgrounds added such a cool layer. And I didn't know they were called backgrounds. I didn't even know what the hell, you know, it was. I just heard this other kind of harmony. And I remember the first time I played around with backgrounds was because I was obsessed with Slave for You. And, you know, the background vocals on that are so crazy. Because mm-hmm. there's like a billion different layered voices. And I tried to record it on like, do you remember those old little mics on like, oh. that were with Windows computers? <laughs> like those weird, like beige, like <laughs> so I tried to record it on there, whatever program came with Windows. And I just like added all these harmonies. I'm sure it sounded absolutely awful. Um, but yeah, there's definitely an art to it. And I would say it's something that you, you intuitively probably have or don't have. Um, but, and you just learn based upon experience. I'd also give a lot of credit to, um, DQ, David Quinones, who I was signed to. He was amazing at hearing insane background vocals where I would never even hear them and just like different kind of unique, not the standard R&B um regular backgrounds you hear these like just fantastic layered vocals that the normal ear would not hear and so working with him a lot um opened my eyes to how cool it can actually be and elevate your song to kind of a next level i love it well and that's something where so i wanted to kind of go into with like your your singing your background on this this track scary now you had mentioned, and I teased in a previous episode, that Scary was one of the more difficult sessions for you as a background vocalist. Give the listeners kind of yeah. insight as to why <laughs> was this as a background vocalist difficult? And what part, I should say. Well, it, it, it's the intro part. I remember trying to line up with the other vocals that were in there and trying and then add the harmonies on top of it because there's that ah, ah, ah part. <sighs> Um, that was so intricate and I just could not, I remember kind of like being so nervous because I was working with, um, Fraser T. Smith, who was the producer. And I was so nervous because I could just could not get it. And he was so cool. He was like, Oh, don't worry about it. Let's you'll get it. You'll get it. And then there is this thing where you get, you get in your head, you know, and you start freaking like, Oh, I, I can't get it. You just got to release it and let it go. But it did take me 
longer than normal. Like I'm usually pretty quick <laughs> to pick up on things. And for some reason, that one, it, it definitely sticks out as a challenge. Um, but you know, it was an awesome experience, but yeah, that I remember just like kind of feeling like that beat red, like your blood's getting hot. Cause you're like embarrassed that you can't get it. <laughs> like my job right so, now is just to sing and I can't get the singing yeah, right. And I, I know, and I thought that, I thought that song was just so cool. You know, I love anything kind of like spooky and freaky. And I just thought that the concept was so cool and um, just the melodies, everything. I'm kind of pissed that it didn't get bigger, you know, because that's actually, you know, I love her writing. I think it's so good. You know, Unusual You is literally like one of my favorite Britney songs ever. Amnesia. So she always kind of has these really awesome, unique concepts. And, um, and which you know maybe too heavy for like radio well and that's <laughs> that's something where you know the listeners uh just learned that like Cassia said she was really inspired by like Michael Jackson and there are certain parts to it and I, I kept thinking I'm like scary reminded me of thriller in the sense of I can put it on in the fall a year after it came out 10 years after it came out and still yeah. get into it yeah well especially that know that part that was that's that's super michael jackson so it's great when you hear that you know the song part of it was influenced or inspired by you know michael jackson and i just think and yet the song itself from beginning to end is just so britney like it's on brand with britney Um, oh my god yeah yeah i know it's so interesting so i wanted to hop a little bit into the michael jackson aspect of things now, some of you may know, you know, Britney Spears has always said Michael Jackson's been one of those people that influenced her, you know, that played such a huge part in pop culture and music. Now, what's interesting is about his huge, massive song, Thriller. It was originally penned by English songwriter Rod Temperton. He'd worked with uh, Michael Jackson before and Off the Wall. So what he was doing is trying to figure out how he can incorporate Michael Jackson's, you know, evolving, you know, persona and the love that he had for films, you know, movies, things like that. Now, initially, Rod Temperton had created the song called dun, 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 Starlight. And the lyrics, I'm going to say a couple of them in a second, but uh, it, it's a different, it's the same melody and everything. Well, Quincy Jones, who produced Thriller, he said, nope, Starlight is is weak. So then Temperton went back and you know, figuring stuff out, decided to call it Midnight Man. And then, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't sitting. It wasn't right for the album, the song, anything. So then he actually, Temperton, told The Telegraph. He said, I woke up and just said this word. Something in my head just said, this is the title. You could visualize on top of billboard charts. You could see merchandising from this one word and how it jumped off the page as Thriller. Now, Thriller would go on to be this massive success. It would be a 13-minute video. The video was actually released in December of 1983. The album, Thriller itself, was um, released in November. Now, what's interesting about this is that the numbers behind the actual album for Thriller were over the top. Over 100 million you know, copies sold worldwide. In the U.S., it's like 30 times platinum. Now, it's, it's interesting because Thriller you know, to Michael Jackson is to like Halloween as, 
you know, all I want for Christmas is you is, you know, Mariah to the, the holiday season. So it's interesting when artists have songs that kind of are evergreens that just come back every year. But imagine instead of Thriller, you heard this. Yeah, I cut that off real quickly. <laughs> But I just thought it was interesting. A little bit of story behind that was, I think, fascinating, especially for this Halloween episode. Now back to Casey Livingston. It, though this is this is the fun part because it's like we can hear because so many times people are like, oh, was you know this that and like uh, there were a couple songs that I reached out to you during the circus era where I was like, is this you and Frankie Storms? And you're like, no, nope, that's Frankie. Where it's like, and especially because songwriters and and vocalists like yourself, though you know your yeah. voice. Oh, you do know, because I'm assuming Vertigo, that's the song that you yes. wrote, correct? Yeah, Co-wrote? Co with Shelly and uh, Nicole Morier. <laughs> Is that a Fraser? <laughs> yes, I, I believe. That was one of those where it initially was a bit of a tug of war, because I kind of like... I always like sort of go into the zone and then I have some like left turn inspiration to try to provide like my, you know, part of the writing. And in that case, um, I even like recorded a little snippet of something that was very different from the initial start of Vertigo. And so then we kind of went back to where it was. And it's funny because sometimes at the time, you know, it's, it's kind of irritating, but it's important sometimes when you write to feel this sense of entitlement, like my idea is the best. And so sometimes I'll get so, so into my own little idea. And I'm also like having to do it that way just because of the shyness and sort of like when I go into that zone, sometimes I'm, you know, changing a lot of things for better or worse. But um, in retrospect, their initial ideas about vertigo and kind of cool off off kilter melody was definitely much catchier than what I was trying to do with it. I've been fortunate enough to hear the demo that I really like, and the song is called Pulse, Aww. and it was a Britney <laughs> demo. So, what what album was this for? Do you do you recall? It's Written around the same time as like scary and in that and vertigo like the same sort of like and break break the cycle yeah. <laughs> which or break this is it break the cycle or circle break the circle yeah so there's like something. hopping out for a quick second uh, to remind you to follow me on Instagram the dot original doll and hit me up in the DMs let me know where you're listening from what platform do you listen uh, for your podcast and where you are listening what country. We've been fortunate enough to chart in almost 40 different charts worldwide, so thank you all so much for that. And don't forget, add me on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Original Doll. That's a way to donate to keep this podcast up and running. We keep getting more and more content, more and more episodes, and we need more and more server space and to keep the website up and running. So any help if you're enjoying this? Please go ahead, donate for as little as a dollar a month, and then you start getting some kind of exclusive things. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is this song, Break the Circle. Uh, Cassia, the last time that we had uh, chatted, she had played me the demo. And it's really cool because it starts off with this, this like breaker, breaker, breaker kind of thing at the beginning. And what I love is, and this is from songwriters and producers who have worked with her over the years, is she's got this distinct tone this this it's so unique and it is so good 
And in Break the Circle, it really hits hard with it. Talking about like allergic to love and stuff like that. And it's so good and it's dark and it's moody. Now, what I think is great about all these songwriters and producers, we could have easily received a whole album with every single person that we've talked to. You know, that's not that's not something that's that should shock anyone. But, you know, Cassie or Casey Livingston, her voice, it's so good, and her lyrics. And imagine if we had an album with Frankie and with Cassia, like this would have been a completely different texture. It could be dark, it could be moody, energetic. And so when you go to Spotify or go to Apple Music and you stream the music by these songwriters or you purchase the physical copies or you know you, you download the album for purchase, think about that. Follow these songwriters because if you like this song, you might like their other song with this other artist. We fall in love with these songs, and oftentimes we don't realize it's not the artist that wrote that. It's somebody behind the scenes, and that's what the Original Doll podcast is about. Shining a light on all the people who have given us so much art and music that we enjoy. So just think about that way. And like I said, for those who are on the mailing list, you will receive a an email with links on how to purchase physical copies that are still uh, being printed. How to download the full album for purchase. Because we use a lot of streaming and as much as we love that we have access that way, it doesn't supply a revenue that can keep people afloat, and especially not women, and especially not women of color. So that's something to keep in mind. So if you see these albums out there uh, for first-time purchase, uh, not like a used CD store, of course you can always get music from that way, but the first pressings or the releases from, whether it's you know this retailer, that re- retailer, that helps the songwriters. So and by the end of this year, Britney Spears will have more certifications. Uh, a lot of the songwriters, uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, my due diligence behind the scenes to reach out to the UK certifications. This was starting like a year and a half ago. Uh, e- emailing, contacting, sending mails, you know, reaching out to them in every sort of way to say, hey, let's update these certifications because this is an artist. Britney Spears is one of those who she's impacted music by many people whether people wanted to create the next britney spears or whether they wanted to create the anti-britney spears so that's something to keep in mind and think about all these people that she has worked with that's why i want to thank you all listeners for taking the time to listen to these episodes with these songwriters and if you love these episodes if you love these songwriters if you want me to send a note if you want me to talk to these songwriters about your favorite songs let me know send me a message um, because i've been able to read some of these things directly to the songwriters while we have these interviews so think about that reach out to me you can also find me on twitter at james rodriguez r-o-d-r-i-g-u-e-z So it's the account that uh, Britney Spears follows under James Rodriguez on Twitter. So go ahead, follow me that way and let me know where you're from. And I hope everyone is, you know, enjoying their time now that things have been slowly opening up everything. So just want to say, you know, sending positive vibes, thoughts and health out to all of you listening and all those people that are going through stuff. I've received some DMs where people are going through uh, medical emergencies, family emergencies, deaths in the family, death of friends. And I want to send you all the the love and support. Uh, so there, I'm sending it to you and everyone just send it out there. Today, try to do something that makes somebody else smile. Enjoy it. All right, now back to the show. So then, so Pulse, who was the producer of Pulse? Was it 
also Mr. Fraser. Smith again? Yeah, or? also Fraser. So yeah, and we actually wrote that one in person with Shelley Pikin, who is like a just enormously talented writer that's written so many songs that the listeners I'm sure will know. And so um, she and I had written a bit in the past and we're just friends, you know, kind of like in the songwriter, like, you know, connected circle. Um, and so we were like actually there in, in the studio uh, together writing it. But I, I think that we ended up, because I, I, I think it, it's always the story where like, oh, the producer has to go back home. You know, they're only in the States for a little while. So I think I recorded it with an engineer. Cassie and I were laughing because this has happened to her before. She talked in our Unusual You episode about how she was working with Bloodshine and Avant and they were only there for a certain amount of time. So she had to work with an engineer. They were working on things separately. And that's where the technology is, you know, and where it's been going is, you know, it's no longer the days of just the songwriter and producer in the studio. You could be creating features with one person in the UK, one person in, you know, Brazil. So there's that. Now, I wanted to add another song on here. Uh, and it is also co-written by our guest, Casey Livingston. Here's a snippet. I worked on a song called Venom with two fabulous musicians, J.D. Salvego and Crystal Nicole. Uh, J.D. is a writer, producer, artist, and Crystal Nicole is the same. Um, I'm not exactly sure if we had a specific artist in mind at the time. Of course, Rihanna is always on your mind. Katy Perry is always on your mind. And of course, Britney Spears is always on your mind when you're writing. Um... And J.D. Salbego actually is the writer-producer who recorded the vocals, my demo vocals for Scary, uh, at a studio called Plug and Play, which very unfortunately was torn down uh, a few years ago. Um, but it was one of my favorite places to go and work, most especially because I was working with J.D. And he had one of the best mic chains I've ever encountered and also is just so such a great writer with his own material and such a great collaborator. And I don't really know why I tend to gravitate towards some of these very feisty <laughs> and creepy song titles like Venom and Scary. Um, there's, I guess, a part of me that, you know, when I respond to an injustice or something in the world, it kind of brings, or, or in my day-to-day -day life that other people are experiencing, it kind of brings out this more aggressive side to my writing. And I don't tend to walk around speaking to people that way or sort of behaving that way. But this is kind of how I exercise those demons or that frustration when I see people, you know, being mistreated or other kind of random things out out in the world. My feelings and emotions for my family are more complex and I never get to that level of anger or frustration because I, I love my family and friends so much. But when I see random things out in the world, sometimes it brings out a venom or a scary. Who knows why, but I'm glad that uh, I was given that ability to kind of vent those things in that way.
As we come to the end of the episode, I want to thank uh, Frankie Storm, I want to thank Maya Marie, I want to thank Casey Livingston and everyone else involved in this. Once again, shout out to my Patreon followers, uh, Rochelle, Tommy, Tyler, Max, Rami, Rob, uh, Lucy. Thank you all so much. And everyone else, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't forget, follow me on Instagram, the.original.dell, and I will see you on the flip side. The original.